Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Panjoy Podcast. As we wait, I don't have a button for it on my uh. here. Uh, or do I? Let's see. Now, that does really to cut that out. Anyway, welcome to a special bonus episode of season three, leading up to season three of the Panjoy Podcast. Mm. Uh, we're dropping season three on January third, two thousand twenty-two, and in the meantime, we want to give you a couple little snippets, something fun, um, but outside of the the live venue because we don't trust ourselves <laughs> and we're just trying to stay engaged and keep everybody engaged with with the podcast as we lead up to season three also we're cheating i really want to get fifty thousand downloads before the end of the year so <laughs> this is what we're doing all right so today's we're going to have a small topic discussion about mm. gear this is something we've talked about many times between ourselves and in other conversations with other vets but like if Knowing what we know now, we could time mm-hmm. travel back to our younger selves and then, uh, and give them advice and tell them what to take with them to buy, finance, steal, whatever, to take to Afghanistan in 2012 as far as gear, weapons, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, our, that's our discussion. So, Luke. Well, the first let's, thing. Let's, let's start with weapons. Well, like, though, I want to start on one strong footing first. Okay, strong footing. Go for it. If by some odd chance that any leadership that has some weight in the military is listening, when you deploy somewhere where the average temperature from March to October is probably 100 degrees, let your dudes wear t-shirts. Wear your pants, Ooh. wear your boots, but wear t-shirts. I'm going to disagree with that one. Yeah. You're going to disagree? Oh, yeah. Disagree. Uh, well, I'm going to disagree with you. And the only the only reason I'm going to disagree is I think there are times when you should be able to wear a t-shirt like you're on the cop or you're driving or something like that like actually even driving I don't think you should um you should but like be, if she, you should be able to, you should be able to wear a t-shirt on patrol when you're driving it makes more sense to not wear a t-shirt I agree it, you should yeah but there's some patrols I would not have wanted to wear a t-shirt on man like I'm scraping up against mud and shit walls and like Nah, man, I'm good. I'd rather I I would rather have what we had, which was the combat shirts. I thought mm-hmm. they were perfect. I never felt hot in a combat shirt. That shit's sure fucked, dude. <laughs> it's because you're weak. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that to me. It's because I it's because I already run at 100 degrees all the time, anyways. That's now, what I will say this is, if you're not going to let us wear a t-shirt, which I totally understand, I I, I wouldn't choose to wear one in most cases. I would. The difference between this and this, sorry, and this, pulling mm-hmm. your sleeve down about halfway down your forearm is a world of difference in comfort. I would like, have taken t-shirts and uh, gloves. Wear gloves. 100% gloves. Yeah, yeah that's not Always option. wear gloves. Always wear gloves. But you don't need the sleeves. Because there's not that much going on there. But pant legs, you need to have your pant legs covered. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. But we're a little bit off track. But yes. anyway, yes, you would have worn a shirt. A t-shirt. Yeah. That was Luke's great contribution. His big strong step at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do, uh, uh, I will say, we should have been issued combat shirts from the get-go. Um, and now they are. Now it's a lot more common. But not the mm-hmm. ones that were like stretchy and like, 
super with like heavy super like heavy, heavy duty. weight yeah. no like it should be it should be very very lightweight like an under armor on yeah. the chest now see that i'm fine with yeah yeah like, like a nice like like a, like the way this sleeve right here fits but moisture wicking material would have been fine the big heavy like sleeve of of combat shirt that we got not that unnecessary and and this is gonna be controversial so you don't need fucking pockets on your on your arts on your sleeves we can do without them yeah so you can just write that out of the design of the uh <laughs> out of the combat shirt it's unnecessary mm-hmm. we have like molly pouches for fucking days yeah on our kit pants we are good without one on our shoulders i promise you <laughs> um but where are you gonna put your iphone I got you got a little pouch on your. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna get get to where you put your phone. I mean, we okay. didn't have that problem, but you know, I carried an iPhone I as a camera mine on the boy. Anyway, but, yeah, yeah. So, well, since we just kind of started on the 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 clothing and equipment route, we'll go that way. So, one thing that we, you and I, both adopted halfway through the deployment was these rack systems that could be removed easily instead of attaching things directly to our vest. So, actually, which, I actually bought mine before we left. Oh, you did? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got mine halfway then. Um, I would have bought a different one now in retrospect, but the the technology at the time, like the companies and there the availability yeah. and stuff like that, just wasn't there like it is now. I, I agree. I would have gotten something a little bit slimmer, um, mm-hmm. lower profile. Uh, but honestly, what what we had that it was made by BDS Tactical. I thought it worked really well. It was mm-hmm. easy to take on and off. If you were driving, you could take it off and have a slick plate carry, which made a huge difference in terms of like how much room you had in the driver's seat. Big time. You could easily, when you dismounted, throw that sucker on and be ready to fight. Um, the thing I, I did I, like about my chest rig was that it was I call I jokingly call it the war rig. Like it was it was a hoss. Like you could carry some no shit stuff i mean i think you i think i have four magazine pouches two like side pouches four double magazine pouches double magazine yeah yeah, to be clear yeah there was um there was a magazine pouch at the like around your belly that you could zip open so you could get Mm -hmm. to your chem lights your maps you could stick all kinds of stuff yeah yeah snacks whatever and then there was a another rip away kind of velcro patch that felt that flipped up and attached to the straps that went across it yep so i put my grenades on that and that was, um, I mean, it was a hoss. It was a lot of weight, but it was, uh, you were able to carry a whole lot of stuff into a gunfight, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's there. what I liked about that is if you combine that with like the built-in backpack or like yeah. a pouch on the back, mm-hmm. honestly, no backpack. I should have been able to fight exclusively mm-hmm. it was on that chest rig. Um, obviously, unfortunately, with all the crap that we had to carry on most patrols, it wasn't usually an option but there were a few times where we did, and if all you were was a rifleman and that was your only responsibility, that rack system allowed you to go out the wire with no backpack, which was night and day. Yeah, yeah, for sure, which we never did. We always had backpacks. Or not, not me. I went out a couple times just with uh, just with the plate. Just with well, the, get, I would guess you were clearing. No. Not really? It was, it was towards the end, man. To the, the, the good old days when uh, I didn't have anything else. I had no responsibility. Because clearing guy has to carry extra clearing equipment and batteries and stuff. Yeah, that's but true. But when I was just a rifleman on patrol and Nince was my squad leader. <laughs> I don't have any times. memories of going, at, uh, going out at least something on my back. Yeah, there were a couple patrols I was able to. But mm. you had the Gustav, so. You know. The Gustav is like carrying nothing. It's 20 pounds. So it was a piece of cake. It's still on your back, though, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, 
you know, one thing that I really enjoyed, and this goes back to where we, where do you, where do you carry your iPhone is a, an admin pouch on my chest that I really mm-hmm. liked. Uh, if I were to do it again, I would do the same thing, but I would do the one that has the, the flip forward for the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have the tactical phones that they have now. I would bring that back in time with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you can have the tactical map. Uh, oh, the we time. did have phones. We did, but we They didn't. weren't very tactical and they were not very reliable. And there sure shit wasn't a chest mounted rig for them no. in 2012. At least but those were the beginning of the evolution of what's called ATAC, which is now mm-hmm. common. Everybody has ATAC. It's, and it's the same thing. It's an Android device that just has the digital map and it has markers and you can press and tap and it'll give you information about it. It's basically like having all those maps that we carried around, but in a digital version. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would bring that forward with me in time. Um, but as far as kit goes, I mean, I might get something a little bit that fits a little bit trimmer. I would have bought mm-hmm. a plate carrier, yes. like my own plate carrier. Yes. Um, as minimal as possible. Like I think that's as the little material as possible. That was um, one of the things that, you know, at that time, the stuff, and that's, that's the problem with this conversation, is that yeah. you start ap- applying stuff that you can buy now as a civilian, basically, right. um, to to that particular time period. But it just was not available even for U.S. military personnel. But there's two big roadblocks in the conversation. One is, um, other than it not being there, it's one is affordability. So if there was really good gear, it was super expensive. So when you I would have put it on a making, credit card. I would have done it. <laughs> when you're a private making, you know, $1,500 a month, like it's just not sustainable unless you, no. like it, unless you put it on a credit card. And that's and that's that's a big part of this conversation is that I 100% cost would have been no issue. If, knowing what yeah. I know now, the things that I could have used that would have made me safer, faster, more agile, and a better shooter, I would have just, you know, mm. fuck it, I will deal with it. I would have put $5,000 in gear on a credit card. No problem. I wouldn't have hesitated. But then um, you come across a second part of this problem with this conversation. Well, your squad leader lets you wear it. (laughs) As soon as old first sergeant or squad leader comes down the road and he's like, how come your plate carrier isn't like everybody else's? Then you would be, you'd be shit a lot. So all that that $5,000 would be sitting in a duffel bag while you walked around your standard issue. In in this hypothetical though, we had the, we get the freedom. We had the freedom that we had at the end of the deployment Mm. that we Mm -hmm. had earned over the course of the deployment. Sure. Um, so I'm not gonna recommend that we wear Merrells because we didn't earn that right. We actually did, and then we got it taken away. That's a different topic, but um, which, you know, which I so I actually took a pair of Merrells with me to Afghanistan. I know, and then because we were told we could wear them, and, and then I wore mine for two patrols, and then I I I canned them because they were so hot. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting. Yep, I, I I burned up, I burned up in those boots so badly that I couldn't wear them because it was so hot outside the wire. Huh. And it was like in like no shit insulated, you know, mountain hiking oh, boots. Okay. So yeah, you know the the two approved pairs that we were allowed to buy. There's a pair of Solomons and a pair of Merrells, and I bought the Merrells. Um, and they were just so hot to wear that I couldn't stand them. So I just I just took the old standard issue. Yeah, you know, standard issue boot. Which looking back on now, which I wouldn't have, but. Whatever. I have the feet of an Olympian god, so I'm very fortunate. Well, that was another, I mean, that was another thing. It was boots. You know, I started the deployment with Rocky boots, those big Rocky boots, which oh, were yeah. they about those. Su- like the super little... sturdy and very comfortable, yeah. but the, what I didn't know is when they got wet, they shrank. Mm. So about halfway through deployment, I couldn't even wear them anymore. So I had mm. to, I switched over my Nikes, which were great because it was like running around Panjway and, you know, you know, and sneakers, mm. uh, but they had no ankle support. Now mm. they have, there's so many boots now that are so much better. Um, again, generational thing. They just didn't exist back then. Um, 
but yeah, probably some Garmont T8s would probably be what I would have mm. would have switched to. Yeah. Um, but as far as oh, so plate, plate carrier for sure, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and one with a cummerbund, not one with the the not one yeah. with the clips, because one with the clips they just never quite. They, just can, they would they would stretch over time and they wouldn't fit right, but a cummerbund one fits nice and secure. Yeah, and I think the biggest problem with the plate carriers we were we were issued is that they were basically just bags that yeah. hung off of your shoulders. Like there was no support in the actual system mm-hmm. or the carrier itself. Like all the weight was carried between your shoulder muscles right. or between the, your your rotator cuff right. and the base of your neck. So I mean, I remember coming back from patrols, and I mean, this strip along the top of my shoulders were bruised. And red and blotchy, or really had like really bad sits and stuff where you know you carry this weight would just sink into your body. Yeah, so I think having some support down on your hips would have been a huge game changer for the play. Which, which brings us to another thing that I would have done, which would have been the uh, the battle belt. Yes, yeah, which was unheard of at the time. Only only the secret squirrel dudes were running battle belts. Yeah, Kit- Kitching had one, and he used it a couple because of times. Because he came from Ranger Bat. And we all made fun of him for it. <laughs> <laughs> but he also, well, I mean, he was coming from Ranger Bat where that stuff was there, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, I, I, I remember him rolling out in that kit, and I'm like, what, what is he wearing? Like, I don't even know what this thing is, you know? Yeah. But that would have been really nice to have, especially for us, like, to carry your IFAC on that, to mm-hmm. carry, like, a, you know, your grenades, your chem lights, to carry your... Um, extra batteries you know, right. things like that on that because we didn't have any sidearms but to carry just like that few ten, that extra 10 pounds to sit on your hips would have been really nice right instead of sitting on your shoulders mm-hmm. uh, so I definitely would have done that um, another thing packs I wouldn't have done an Alice pack because I think if, mm-hmm. if we're playing in the hypothetical where we can take things back in time with us um, you know there's some really great pa- like Mountain um, oh gosh who's the company there's a couple of good companies. One, Everly Stock makes really good. Everly Stock makes good shit. Uh, I'd probably have an Everly Stock pack uh, instead yeah. of a rucksack. And mm-hmm. something that has a really robust uh, waste system. Yeah. You know, so if I got a plate carrier that only covers the essential area, and then I've mm-hmm. got a, a battle belt that sits on my hips, then the waist belt goes around my waist. Yeah. So all those three things are moving independent of each other. They're not in the way of each other. Yeah. Which is a hard balance to strike, and it took you know took the military ten plus years of you know making war for those mm-hmm. little those little intricacies to work themselves out, and then it had to take another ten years to work its way down into regular infantry right. ranks. Right, exactly. I will say that the three day rucks that we have were almost there. Almost. If they had had compression straps and had been built to pack along your spine up and down, and not just out to your back. They would have almost been there as far as uh, as packs go. Yeah, they were they good. Were, I I won't complain about the three day pack. Yeah, that was though my only complaint is that they were too big without the ability to compress down. Because mm-hmm. if you could have cinched that weight up and got it closer on your body and got it more contained, then it would have been a lot easier to pack those things out. But instead, they end up looking like every other infantryman out there, which is looking like hammered ass in a paper Just sack, sagging down. down, sagging all yep. the way down. Yep. Yeah, like here, here's problem. a tip. Here's a tip, boys. When the straps of your pack are hanging off your shoulders and the top of your pack is aligned with the base of your neck, it's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was we'll, we'll, do, we'll do another episode on how to uh, how to set your rucksack up for Panjway, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, that's 
that's a whole other tangent about how the military uh, teaches people and allows people to use rucksacks as opposed to how they're intended to be used. But yeah. well, I would buy something. Military, but also the, what the military buys for us to use to begin with. Right. Yeah. So I would definitely buy something nicer and I would set it up in that way so that, you know, basically it's plate carrier, you know, waist strap and then on the hips is the, the battle belt. Uh, something that I didn't get that it was totally available, knee pad pants. Yes, knee pad pants. I would have bought been. the nicest cry. I would have bought yeah. six pairs of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if if, um, if the cry combat shirts had been moisture wicking, that would have been a nice investment. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I would, those yeah. are actually, those are solid. Yeah, I would have bought that. In hindsight, those were available. We totally could have bought those and used yeah. them. Some guys, just, a lot of guys did. A lot of guys did. And we made fun of them for it. And they were <laughs> I didn't make fun it. of anybody. I was just like, I'm not going to spend that money because I'm six months out from getting right. out of the military. Uh, in hindsight, I would have done it. Yeah. Um, a helmet. Especially the pants. I would have bought a nicer helmet. That is an area where you never would have gotten away with it, though, but agreed. Well, yeah. because there weren't other ones available at the time. There's other ballistic helmets available now. now I'm talking about uniform-wise. Yeah, they could. I think the command structure would have never let you wear a different helmet. I, th- I think if it was still a ballistic helmet, yeah, I think they would have. Yeah, you're dreaming, man. Yeah, I think we would have. I think we could. Our first sergeant would not have let you wear a different helmet. Yeah, he would have seen you walking out of patrol and be like, "Come here, brother." Nah, I'd be like, "Nope, it's uh, it's still ballistic approved first sergeant." This is the this is the same first sergeant who made us who made us wear knee pads. Until, until he went on, on patrol, one patrol. Until he went out on that yeah. patrol himself. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining we have the freedom that we had at the end of the deployment. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry. I know I'm shooting holes all through your dreams. You're shooting here. holes. We had the freedom that we had at the end of the deployment. I would have mm-hmm. bought one of the nicest ballistic, you know, ops core helmets that they make. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Even if I can't have the helmet, here's the most important thing. A counterweight mm-hmm. on the back of the helmet. That would have been nice. That yeah. game changer. Mm-hmm. I would have put a counterweight on the back of my helmet for my nods. Um, again, because yeah, nods are just like they're they ruin. And I actually bought a chin strap before we deployed, and I'm so glad I did because even just that buying that like out of market or post market, whatever they call it, chin strap, yeah, that made a huge difference in how my nods set and rode, right? Because that USSU military stuff, man, it just it just pulls that helmet down in the front of your face, and you're especially constantly pushing it back up, constantly yeah. tugging mm-hmm. on those back t- toggles back there, and especially when you're on the prone, mm-hmm. that's when it's a killer right there because yep. you cannot keep those nods up. So counterweight and controversial, but again, we're pretending like we can bring things back in time, and that the things that are available now, dual nods. That would have been nice. I would have invested. I would have yeah. invested then and there in in a. Well, actually, I wouldn't have to because I own them now, so I always would have brought them with me. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the dual tubes would have been nice. Um, yeah, that would have been a really nice asset for us to have because we moved a lot at night. We so didn't much. fight at night because the Taliban didn't fight at night, but we moved a lot at night in terms of walking in on objectives and just having that extra ability to see better Yeah, would have would have been a nice I would have used them. There's in 2012, anecdote. I didn't use the fucking nods. Yeah, I barely. I would use mine when the when the loom wasn't great. But if there was good loom, like if it was like a, a, a half moon and it was clear, I I didn't use nods until we got into the village, and then I would right. drop my nods. When we were moving out in the fields and stuff like that, I'd operated by moonlight because mm-hmm. it was just you could see so much clearly what was immediately around you. Yeah, there's there's, there's no reason to to use them. There's a good. You anecdote. could see better without them. It's a good anecdote for nods. Uh, it was the mission. It was the day that um, 
that ballet twisted his ankle. Mm-hmm. And when we went to get Najib. Yeah, when we get when we went to get Najib, <clears throat> we were walking in there middle of the night, and we went. It was one of those classic Pancho situation going down one grape row. There was the wall up and over the wall, and the other side was another grape row. So the grape row that we were walking through was about chest high. The next grape row was about 10 to 12 feet deep. And the the dude in front of me, he stepped up over the wall, and he stepped down, I'd looking step- through his nods, just yeah. seeing darkness between the two highlights of the gray mounds, and just pile drived it into the bottom of this grape row. And I think he actually got knocked out. <laughs> And I just remember looking down, like he just like sunk into the oblivion. And I looked down, I was like, hey, so you, you all right, man? You all right? Just kind of whispering in my breath and nothing for a little bit. And it's like, are you okay? And it's kind of, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> it was comedy, man. Straight out of a, straight out of a movie. Just face planted. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So good yeah. justification. Dual tubes would have been nice for that. Dual tubes for sure. Yeah. Um, You know, I guess then the the natural evolution is is the weapon. Um, number one, no issue, ten inch barrel. Yeah, yeah, ten ten and a half, I guess to Whatever. alleviate all the, you know, ten and a half inch barrel would have been nice. Um, a variable optic would have been very nice to have in Pantway. Yeah, because ninety yep. percent of the time that four four X was fine. Uh, it would have been very nice to have the occasional need to flip over to a six or an eight, um, or or a one, or a one. Yeah, yeah. it needed to be one or four or eight. I, I think I think like the the one that I actually have on my scar now it's a one to six, but it's a trijicon, so it doesn't require a battery, so it's just like an ACOG, but it, yeah. it's like a variable ACOG. That's exactly what we needed. That that would have been very nice. Yeah, a variable optic would have been nice to have. Shorty barrel. Um, suppressors, I think, would have been. I go back handy. and forth on suppressors. I I think on the infill suppressors would have been nice. On the off chance that we would have needed them. I, I, only reason I wanted us to have suppressors, other than it looks cool, which is the six principle patrolling. So that, that factors indeed. into everything here. <laughs> um, is that if fucking Perez is going to shoot his saw cyclic next to my head, I'd rather it be suppressed. <laughs> I'd see save a little thought, bit of my hearing my thought was always on the one in 50 chance that on a on an infill into a target there's a dude out in the field like talking on a phone or or uh you know uh, walking around this ak or whatever like you can take care of that dude and yeah then... but that but you can't that's the thing is like in a place like that's that where true. there's zero noise pollution yeah. a, a suppressed a, a ar is still 130 decibels yeah. It's twice as loud as a jet but, like they're gonna hear it. it's just not gonna it's not gonna it's not gonna break the sound barrier quite the same it has a little bit of a different sound so they're gonna hear a loud noise they're gonna know somebody got shot there's not maybe yeah. not be able to pinpoint it quite as well but and that would have been beneficial on an infill or it'd been beneficial for him to wake up and be like what what was that you know versus waking up and hearing a gunfight going off yeah but the big I, thing I, would have been just like like a couple dudes with suppressed weapons just on the off chance but in reality in nine months we were there there was never one I, one I never would have thrown maybe, it on maybe one time where it would have been nice yeah actually twice would it where it would have been nice 
if we had had the freedom, and that's another component of this conversation, if we had the freedom to confer to our own judgment and drop the trigger when it needed to be done versus right. when we got permission for it to be done. I mean, even even just having the option of one, I think, would have been worth it. The um, option would have been there, yeah. I think that, you know, if we really go down the rabbit hole, I don't think there's any need for anybody to have sidearms. It would have been cool, but no, no, no reason it for pointless. it. It's pointless. Um, no way to carry. You know, I think we could have left the 240 behind indefinitely. Yeah. Um, Especially if we I wish we'd had the Mark 48. Yeah. yeah. Mark 48 would have been nice. And that way mm-hmm. we could have just completely avoided that whole situation. Like, we just carry Mark 48s. That's it. Yeah. Um, I wish that we had a real SDM. Yeah. That would have been nice. Not just a... M16 barrel on a AR <laughs> and not and uh, not a Mark uh Mark 14 and not an M16A4 from from Fallujah. <laughs> right. Like and and not an M14 with a special stock that nobody knew how to use like Yeah. I wish we would have sent and uh, and this is where it gets into like the dreaming, right? Like I mm-hmm. wish we could have sent somebody to a real sniper course yeah. or a real marksmanship course, not the SDM course. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like, and even with like what was the rifle at the time, the SAS or whatever, that was like the big, like the seven six two rifle. Um, yes, the SAS. Uh, or I S- think so. Yeah, S- it was one ten or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, like that would have been a good rifle to have out in patrol with one dude. You know, yeah. on the off chance that you run into that situation, but in all these situations, the ROE is you know left up to us. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it would have it would have been nice to have the capability, but as far as individual gear, um, yeah, I th- I, th- I wish that Grenadiers could have separated their three twenty from the rifle and had mm-hmm. like the the holster, mm-hmm. um, which did exist. That was an option. We just chose not to do it mm-hmm. um, because while I never had to carry the three twenty, like that basically turned the M four into a weapon as heavy as a two four nine yeah unnecessarily yeah, yeah. you, you yeah, could have put a, uh, a thigh holster for the 320 and been just fine yeah definitely uh i don't know what else? i mean is there anything else really like gear wise that you would have oh oh a drone fuck yes a drone like <laughs> yeah. a little like a dji drone like you have yeah. to, this this requires the the time travel aspect mm-hmm. but like imagine we're like in a fire fest like hey man throw the drone up and we're not have to worry about like fucking you know, whoever's in 10,000 feet in a global hawk or whatever. It was like, mm. take a little DJI, like go 50 feet. It's like, oh, he's right there. You yeah, can get him with a hand grenade. away in that, in that tree line. I'm looking at him. With right. My, yeah, yeah. We could guide our nice. own fires. That would have been really cool. That would have been pretty handy for sure. Um, things we, what, what about things you would have left behind that we, that we brought with us? Uh, my mop kit, my mop gear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. To put that in context for our civilian listeners, that is the stuff you wear for a nuclear or biological attack, which was not going to happen in Panjway in 2012. But we also didn't have to take that on patrol with us, so I don't really no, feel like that's no. a... On patrol, um, in retrospect, I wouldn't have carried as much ammunition. Hmm. Maybe that, you know, because I carried a lot. I carried you 10 carried mags. Extra. Okay, yeah. I carried 10 mags, including the one in my rifle. Um, and I should have just carried the standard combat load of seven rounds or seven mags. That's um, an interesting one. Yeah. 
I would have, I mean, I don't know. We did a pretty good job of cutting down on what we, we shouldn't and should carry. Yeah, I mean, over time we did. It's, I know. Uh, well, there's th- the, okay, there's things that we were forced to carry. Right. That we didn't have an option on. Right, right. And they were, you know, and those things that in my mind I just automatically axe out to the point where I can't even re- recollect what they would be now. Yeah. I, uh, one thing I wish we, I wish we all would have had radios. Every no. single every single soldier yeah. should have had a not, radio. Should have had to key in and talk in on the comms, but just to hear what's going on. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Peltors would have been nice, but everybody has to have them. You can't yeah. have Peltors and not everybody have them. I will say though, they got hot as fuck too. Here's my controversial thought on some of that stuff. Hmm. I think we should have had the option to leave body armor at home. Period. And if I mean, given if given that it, option, I would have done so. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have if given the option, but that's just me. I would have worn my, my plates for sure and the helmet. Actually, yeah, I would have. I would have left the helmet behind. Baseball cap all day or boonie cap. I don't, I don't care. know, man. I, I, I mean, the one deployment was said two dudes take one to the helmet. We, and, we did, and we did see Burl take one to the helmet. Yep. And, and you know, he survived. Um. But for every, you know, it, it's to me, it's a it's a matter of comfort versus um, speed Safety versus protection. And, yeah. So I would say if we're riding in vehicles, everybody should have armor on all the time. Mm-hmm. Because the vehicles are a big target. If you get out of the vehicles, you want to have armor on. Mm-hmm. But we're walking around, climbing walls, swimming through freaking irrigation canals. You know, if we're dismounted for an extended period of time, we should be able to leave it at home. That's, that, that's my controversial opinion. Because, I mean, I mean uh, <laughs> unfortunately... You yeah, know, when we look I at mean, the people we lost, yeah, th- the I body mean, armor didn't do them any good. They didn't take yeah. hits to their armor. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of thinking about it now. Like, how many people took a hit to the plate outside of some random dude who got sniped in Iraq or something? You know, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of cases where, where yeah, probably, the plates have saved hundreds, people. Hundreds, hundreds probably mean, thousands. Yeah. Um, but what, when I think about those, I'm I'm thinking Iraq for sure. You know, mm-hmm. you're in alleyways, you're in an urban environment. You don't. There's nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. So like, there's no advantage to not wearing armor in Iraq, yeah. or yeah. even in like in the mountains of Afghanistan. Like you are ex- so exposed, mm-hmm. and you're in, being engaged from such long ranges, you have nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. Got it. Wear the armor. But in Panjways, this Vietnam esque short range engagements, like you always have cover, you always have concealment. They're never. It's very rare for them to be directly engaging you in particular. Mm-hmm. I just I felt I feel like personally risk versus reward I would have left it behind and the helmet sure yeah I but I would have brought a helmet for the express purpose of putting of the night nods. vision on yeah but maybe a bump helmet instead of a ballistic one <laughs> sure yeah yeah I could get behind that I mean I think about my, wearing a t-shirt with a, just a chest rig yeah <laughs> or think about this t-shirt with just a battle belt oh my gosh where would all your magazines gone on your battle belt. You would have what four probably. magazines in total? Yeah, you could probably you could probably do four total with a couple in the rucksack for good a couple. measure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it work. Yeah, I think I think it would work fine. Mm-hmm. Got your IFAC on your battle belt. You got your your nods on your ba- uh, and the nods on a helmet in your your very light pack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you got four mags on your battle belt, one in your rifle. 
With baseball cap and Peltors. Baseball cap and Peltors. Straight up Ghost Recon. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what they call LARP. <laughs> uh, but all right. Close, alas, closing thoughts. It's the military. They will always think of stupid shit that you don't need to make you carry. Agreed. And they're going to overload you so that you can be operationally ineffective in a place where it's 115 degrees and every three feet you've got to surmount a four to eight foot obstacle. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> pretty much true. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic for this conversation right now. Maybe a little bit. What's yeah. what's what's your what's your closing thoughts? My closing thoughts were if we had our druthers, you know, you it, it would be nice to be able to tailor what you carry to fit the specific needs of the mission and the mm-hmm. environment. I wish the military was a little bit more flexible on that front because you would make guys' lives a lot just that little not even a lot, just that modicum of more comfortable, more bearable whatever it takes to get through the shit and i think it's moving that way i mean even in 2017 when i saw the infantry guys there they all kind of there was there was they weren't all uniform in the kit that they were wearing there were were plate carriers and there were Mm -hmm. you know the knee pad pants and like civilian backpacks and stuff like that i I saw that and i was like okay Mm -hmm. okay maybe it's moving that direction and this shit man because nobody knows what what that dude needs more than that dude you know and like let let him tailor himself to that. He's not on a parade ground. He's not getting his award from the general. He's not, you know, reporting for disciplinary duty. He doesn't need to be in in the strictest uniform. He just needs to look the, like a soldier. The camo should be consistent. The camo should be consistent. Yeah. Everybody should be wearing multicam and everything should be multicam. Yeah. You know? So uh, what, one out. thing I would I would add to that is that you should this should be something that kid is encouraged stateside not just once they get downrange mm-hmm. you should be like hey if you have gear you'd like to try out bring it to the field exercise yeah you know that's when you should be testing it like oh it does this backpack work can a battle belt work that's like you true. shouldn't be downrange in afghanistan ordering stuff on the internet because you just now found a deficiency in your kit yeah um yeah. but and it, it, that requires leaders to be like hey guys aren't going to look the same in the field mm-hmm. you've got to be cool with that <laughs> like that'll never happen if the sergeant major comes out why is this guy got a civilian plate carrier this guy's got a uh, an army plate carrier he's got an IOTV it's like bro you just need to chill out mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll never happen no. ever in nope. a million years nope so, so everyone's just when, gonna get out of the when, army and LARP it up yep even when we uh, invade Chalfamador it'll be that way in like 10,000 years so you know it will never change. It will never change. <laughs> well, that said, thank you for joining us for our special bonus bitch session slash think tank. Yeah, it didn't go the way I wanted or I thought it would, but you know. Nah, I'll just end fault. it. Nah, it's fine. We could just not release it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Remember, season three of the Panjway podcast starts on January 3rd, 2022.